The number one question we get from listeners is, do we have a written step-by-step roadmap to guide you on how to train your dog? We don't, but Standing Stone Supply does. They're the creators of the complete step-by-step dog training program that takes your dog from brand new puppy and gets it well on its way to that finished dog you've always dreamed of. They've mapped out the timelines to help guide you, the videos for every step of the way to show you, and even have the needed gear made into shopping lists to make it easy to supply you. Check out the course at StandingStoneSupply.com to gain unlimited access for all current as well as future lessons and be sure to use the code GDIY to save 10% at sign up. Being an upland hunter in the south nowadays unfortunately means a lot of travel to try and find birds for my dogs. This means it's even more important that my map scouting is reliable to justify the effort. This is where Onyx comes in. I can honestly say that Onyx directly impacts the level of success I find on my trips. Whether it's the private versus public land boundaries, the expanding number of unique layers and features by state, or the 3D mapping capabilities, my initial step in planning my hunting trip starts with Onyx. To know where you're going, you have to first know where you stand. Check out Onyx Hunt Maps and use code G. GDIY 20 at checkout to save 20%. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. GDIY profiles are bonus episodes that tell the stories of how your everyday handler got into the gun dog world. You will hear plenty of examples of what to do as well as what not to do and how they learn from those experiences. These episodes are being put out to tell the honest stories that we as do-it-yourself dog handlers can all relate to. If you think you would be a good fit for a profile episode, please go to gundogityourself.com and complete the form and we may get back to you so that you can share your story. This GDIY profile is with Mark Thornberry. Mark, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Nick. How are you? Oh, living the dream as always. So uh, tell everybody where you're from. I live in Bowling Green, Kentucky, originally from central Indiana. Awesome. So what brought you down here to Kentucky? Yeah, I grew up in central Indiana, um, went to Purdue University, go Boilers. And when I got out of school, hired on with General Motors in Janesville, Wisconsin, and lived there for five years and then took a promotion to come down to Bowling Green. Nice. You guys always have to throw out like a sports team whenever you talk about where you're from, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so we had a pretty good uh, hunt today. Maisie did really good. Maisie, the Griff, which we'll get into, but she did really good. It was her first time hunting with other dogs, right? It was. Yeah, yeah. I was really worried about that. Yeah, I, you I, had nothing to worry about. I, I figured think. she would just want to play the whole time. So. Well, There's only one way for a dog to learn to hunt with other dogs. That's to hunt with other dogs. Yep. She did great. You see a lot Thank of dogs you. that chase the other dogs around when, you know, if they're young dogs or if they haven't hunted with other dogs, she was just focused on doing her thing. And it was nice to have. So at first we ran Jack, uh, Joe's setter and my short hair and, and Maisie, the Griff all together. So it was nice to have the setter and the short hair kind of working further. And then, uh, the Griff working a little bit closer. Is that what is that one of the things that appealed to you when you were thinking about getting a griff? That is one of the things that attracted me to them. When I started researching the griff, one of the first things I read was that they were a, a close working dog for a walking hunter. And me being an old fat guy works out pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's back up a little bit. Um, how did you end up deciding? Well, I know the, the close working part, 
but what made you get on to the griff other than the close working part? How did you find wire-haired pointing griffons? So when I lived in Wisconsin, there was a gentleman up there that had a couple labs and he would take a buddy and I out pheasant hunting. And of course the labs would just flood, would just flush, but that was my first introduction to pheasant hunting. And I was hooked immediately and absolutely to this day love pheasant hunting. And so after that, I knew that I wanted a bird dog. Um, fast forward, we moved down to Bowling Green. Um, our son was getting older, getting involved in baseball. And so that baseball pretty much took our family's time 24-7. Um, so our son graduated high school, went on to college to play ball. And I had to find something to do. I was so used to spending time <laughs> with him throwing baseballs every night. Um, so, you know, I, I told Lane, you know, I, I would really like to get a bird dog. And just so happened, we go over to the first game that we went to of my son's. And there's a gentleman there off to the side with a dog. And my wife is an absolute dog fanatic. So she had to go over. I have to pet this dog. So she goes over and she starts talking to the gentleman and turned out to be the father of one of my son's teammates. And so I go over and I ask him, what kind of dog is that? You know, the typical Griff question. <laughs> and he said, it's a wire-haired Pointinger fawn. Never heard of it before in my life, but I knew my wife was in love with this dog. And I heard the word pointing in the name. <laughs> so Sold. we all start turning, you know, so started doing research at that point and really liked what I read about the Griff. So did you even mention that it was a hunting dog at first or were you just like, yeah, we we You're like the way this our, dog looks. On a dog, <laughs> or were you taking one step at a time, selling the dog first and then hunting second? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I started doing my research. I'm I'm that guy. I I love to research, research stuff. It doesn't matter what it is. But so I started researching the wire-haired pointinger fawn, and um, you know, it, from what I read, they they're a great bird dog, and um, so then. From that, talking to my wife, man, that was really a neat dog, wasn't it? Wasn't that a great dog over there? You know, and just building it up. And she, she to this day, still loves Mac is his name. And um, so, yeah, I kind of got her sold that way. And it's true. They are really great dogs. I mean, how, how does she do in the house when she's not out hunting? Um, if she's been out hunting, even better, she's great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she does. Um, she just turned a year a year old, and um, so she is still really, really active. And you know, they one of the things I read early on was about the on off switch mm -hmm. and how they can turn it off in the house. So we're still working on that. <laughs> but like today, after we got back from hunting, she's laid around all day. She is completely worn out. So, but in general, her on off switch is still getting wired. It's uh, it'll come yes. later on. Yeah, we're still working on okay. that. Yeah. So back up to when you're researching and uh, walk us through. How you were researching? Where were you? Were you looking at NAVDA already, or just just in general? Like, how did you say, okay, I want that dog, and then you ended up with Maisie? Okay, so when I first started researching the breed, one of the first things that did pop up was NAVDA. Never heard of NAVDA in my life, so 
you know, started running down that trail just to see what NAVDA was. And um, it, everything I read, you know, on the website was fantastic. And then so I started, um, I was researching the American Wirehaired Pointing Griffon Association website, and they've got a database in there for all the pedigrees. And then, of course, NAVDA has their database from all the test scores. And so I went through and I started cross-referencing everything and, you know, seeing what might be a good fit. Um, I guess prior to that, we had talked to uh, Tom, who had the dog at my son's school, and I called his breeder and didn't realize it at the time, but it was like an interview for me over the phone when I was talking (laughs) to this breeder. Yeah. And, um, so we ended up not going with the dog from, from that breeder. Um, so it was kind of back to the drawing board and back to the databases and research and everything and, uh, found copper shot Griffons in Hall, Iowa. And so that's where she ended up coming from. Okay. And so when you're researching, was there anything that stood out on, in your head, you mentioned the on, on off switch, but as far as the hunting stuff. So was there anything that was standing out like, okay, strengths, weaknesses, the this hunt, works for me, blah, blah, blah. As far as the hunting stuff, I wanted a, a dog that in my mind, and I guess that meant the NAVDA database, I wanted a dog that was a prize one, at least in a dog as the parents of the pup that I bought. So that makes sense. So you knew when you got her that you were going to start doing NAVDA, or were you just using NAVDA as a way to kind of get the type of dog that you wanted? At first, I was using NAVDA as a way to find a dog. Um, but then I, as I continued to research NAVDA and the different chapters, I found the one that you guys are with, the Mid-South, Mid-South chapter in Tennessee, which was only a two-hour drive. It's the closest one to us here in Bowling Green. And, um, so I, I sent an email about the Tennessee trainings and I believe it was Nick responded to that email. Probably me. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So that, that's how we got involved in NAVDA. Um, and to be honest, I was scared to death the first time I went down there. I've never had a bird dog before, never been to any kind of training or anything, but I knew that I didn't have the skills to train this dog and I would need help with it. So reached out and was absolutely amazed the first training day I went to. It was unbelievable. You know, I, my son went with me that day and we were driving back. I said, I really don't understand this. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? So I can go down there to this training day. I can pay for the birds that I use. And all these people are going to help me train my dog. Yeah. And the only thing it cost if I want to join the club is 35 bucks. That's it. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, why not take advantage of that? And it has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Especially if you start comparing that price to a professional trainer and, you know, sometimes a professional trainers, the answer uh, for, for certain people, for certain things, but you compare those prices, uh, you can't beat it. No, not at all. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty sweet deal, and and you've got almost an overwhelming amount of people that want to help you. You have to kind of take a step back 
and start choosing your your mentor and your core training group, if you want to call it that, and go, yep, this is the recipe I'm going to follow. Yep. Did I explain that to you on your first time? Because I know I, I explained that to all the new people coming down. It's like, look, it's like drinking from a fire hose. Yep. Everybody wants to help you kind of take it in stride and figure out who who is kind of in line with your the training that you want to do. Yep. And uh, follow that. So who really has guided you in NAVDA so far? You have. I, oh, okay. Way, way to, I was, I was as you're Norm or Larry. I well, don't know. no, as you're asking that, I'm like, Nick doesn't realize that he has been like Mark's NAVDA mentor exactly. a lot, you know? Yeah, I mean, all summer I'm coming home talking about NAVDA Nick, and my wife is like, who in the world is NAVDA <laughs> Nick? NAVDA and Nick. we quit talking about him. Maybe we'll make him a jersey that says NAVDA, <laughs> NAVDA Nick. Nick. All right. That's pretty cool. You didn't even realize no, how I, much of an influence you've been. Yeah. Because no, <laughs> you're a humble guy. I'm like, <laughs> at first I thought, oh, way to tee up a question for yourself, but you no. really, really didn't realize it. Uh, well, tell us about yeah. the NA test. Um, yeah, so we trained all summer um, down there in Tennessee, and uh, time came around for the NA test, and she had just turned eight months old when it was time for the test. Um, the training before that, I was actually working with Austin that day, and uh, he said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to simulate a test. And he's like, all right, let's do it. So... You had told me just before that that the dog in the test cannot wear an e-collar. I'm like, okay, we'll take it off. And so we flushed that first bird, and Maisie is gone into the woods, will not come back. I ended up having to chase her into the woods. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. So, But then a few weeks later when the test came around, we prior to, prior to the test, that was pretty much all we worked on was recall, 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 recall here at home. And so when the test came around, she did great. I was shocked. But <laughs> yeah. And so what were the results of the test? She ended up with a prize two. Uh, um, I completely messed her up on the track. So um, they say you get three steps with the track, and you had taught me how to do that. But test day, as soon as I released her, I stepped on her foot <laughs> and she yelped and she was obviously distracted by that. Uh, so it took her a little bit to get on the track. She would track a little bit and then she would circle back around, start over, track a little bit, circle back around. And uh, she ended up getting a two on the track. Um, and then she got a three in, I believe it was willingness to work or desire to work or something like that. I'm guessing because I stepped on her foot and she really didn't want anything to do with it after that. But, but anyway, she did get a prize too. So You hear that pretty often uh, when people talk about their test results. Sometimes they preface it with, yeah, I messed this up. <laughs> so um, so it, it's nice to know that the capability of your own dog and, and maybe they had a, a bad moment or a bad day, or maybe you stepped on their foot. Yeah, exactly. We had done a, we had done two tracks prior to that. Um, the first one was with Nick early on and he showed me how to kind of release her. And we practiced that a few times till I finally got it. Or at least thought I did. <laughs> um, and then footwork. I'm not noting that for the next guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've, I've got pretty big feet and they just got in the way, but, um, 
But then after that, I did one with Norm, who's a senior judge down there. And uh, afterwards, I asked him, you know, okay, what would she score on this track? And he said, that's a four. She did, yeah. she did perfect. I'm like, wow, that's great. So now after the test, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I completely screwed her on getting the prize one. Yeah. Well, I remember after the test, you you're in that mode right there. And I'm like, hey, I mean, you can retest if you want to, but you know that the dog is a prize one on track. We've all seen it. I mean, you had another nav to judge on a separate day, say, hey, four on track. So uh, do you have any plans on retesting NA? I was actually looking just the other day, this past week. Um, I was on the NAVDA site looking at tests. Um, so she can test up until, what, April, I guess. April 19th would be her 16 months. And um, so there's the, the the other Mid-South one in Georgia. So I contacted the test secretary. She said, no, we're full. Um, so then I reached out to one in Ohio, the Appalachian chapter and they said that they did still have an opening um but i haven't decided yet if we're gonna go for it again i hate to drive all the way up there and step on her foot again. <laughs> <laughs> well it's easy just don't step on her foot so you drove all the way to kansas was it kansas right yes was yeah that, and back in the fall we went um yeah second week of season out in kansas the week before thanksgiving it's her first wild bird hunt it in was okay. it was her first wild bird hunt really my first wild bird hunt um in wisconsin where we were southern wisconsin they have janesville has probably i would be willing to bet the largest pheasant farm in the country and so the wisconsin dnr will release birds in public areas up there and so those were the birds that we were hunting when i lived there um so when we went out to kansas i'm hoping they don't do that because (laughs) i keep telling myself these are wild birds um, so yeah, we went out there, her first wild bird hunt, my first, um, the buddy that went with me, his, I believe his first hunt period. Um, it was, it was a great time. Well, describe the hunt. Did she find birds? She did. So <laughs> we get out there the first morning. First, I pick out a field on Onyx. Absolutely love that app. You guys turned me on to that. Um, so I picked out a place to go that first morning. We pull in, and there's some uh, old farm implements just kind of sitting around. I thought, well, maybe there's some quail or something around those. So we kind of hit those first, and then we start walking down the edge of the field. And about six or seven birds fly from the edge over to the other side of the field, but they're still in the public property. So we're like, all right, it's on. So we start heading over towards those birds, and uh, within – the first hour or two, I guess, we had two roosters. Um, I was ecstatic. I told you a little bit ago, her first pheasant is being mounted right now. will be back in March, so I uh, can't wait to get that. But but she did great. Um, later in the week, of course, those the wild roosters run like crazy. The first one that would actually hold for her, when I flushed it, it flew about six inches over her head, and I didn't take a shot. So that was heartbreaking for me. Um, and then the last day, we had another one. Beautiful big rooster. It flushed. I pulled up the gun, click, 
flicked. I'm like, what in the world is wrong with my gun? I opened mm. up. I forgot to put shells in. <laughs> <laughs> Rookie mistake. Oh, man. So Maisie's just, she's going to hold a grudge against you. You step on her foot on the test, and then you leave the gun unloaded on the on the bird opportunity. She's she's going to hold a grudge, grudge against you. If you she, don't. she absolutely does. Yeah. And, and she showed that today when <laughs> we're out there hunting. And I look at my my uh what do you call Collar. it my, my e-collar gps yeah. yeah gps and she's 250 yards away and i start freaking out while she's over there hunting in front of you and <laughs> i don't have any idea where she's at but she knows she where was to hunting go. with nav to nick that's right <laughs> she's no dummy yep so uh plans for the future as far as navda stuff are you i know you mentioned you might redo natural ability are you planning on doing utility or just doing like training with NAVDA and not doing any more testing. What are your plans for that? I will definitely train with NAVDA. Um, I plan on being at every training day there is in Tennessee. It's, it's phenomenal and definitely recommend that to anybody. Um, I would really like to, to test utility after seeing your guys' dogs though. I realize that it's a whole lot of work and <laughs> I just hope that I can get there someday. So yeah, I would like to do it, but I know my abilities aren't there, so we'll see. Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned NAVDA in the beginning about how it's such a sweet deal. You pay 35 bucks, you go down, you pay for your birds. There's all these people that want to help you. We're talking about pro trainers earlier, and I'm like, man, instead of dropping your dog off for a month or four months or whatever it is, it'd be great if a pro trainer kept your dog for a week and then kind of schooled you up on how to do it. That's kind of what NAVDA is, like, you go down for the weekend, you learn some things, and then you go work on like work on your homework assignment for exactly a week or a couple of weeks. So until yeah, the next training day. So even if you're not gonna test utility, and it sounds like you are, but for people out there that aren't gonna test utility, don't stop going to Navda. You can still go absolutely. Train. Well, Norm knew what he was doing with me. I mean, I didn't want to train utility. I'm like, I just want to hunt. He's like. Right. You're going to get a better hunting dog if you just train for Sold. utility. Yeah. And then it's just like, we got trained up. And then he was just like, all right, you're ready for utility. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> yep. So, yeah. So that, we'll, we'll get you there. It, it's it's going to happen. So, big future plan hunts coming up. Planning to go to Kansas again this year. Um, yeah. That I loved it out there. It was absolutely beautiful. Um, my first time to Kansas, you know, just the scenery, if nothing else, you know, seeing something different was amazing and it, it was beautiful and I can't wait to go back. All right. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Your old dog, what's been the number one lesson that you've learned in this experience with your first gun dog? First thing that comes to mind. <laughs> um... Wow. So it sounds really simple, but the biggest thing I've struggled with is heal. Um, one of the first days I was down there with you and you're healing your dog around. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how in the world do you do that? And I asked you, how do you teach heal? Because I, I haven't got it and we still don't have it. We're still working on that. So, um, that's definitely been a struggle. Okay. I thought she was healing 
pretty nice today. Yeah, right. that's because I was behind you and you couldn't <laughs> see what was going on. <laughs> well, every time I looked, she looked pretty good to me. Well, it was funny. We went hunting with a bunch of uh, other guys that don't do anything with NAVDA, and we're all sitting there waiting on them. Let's go. And our dogs are at heel. And even even yours was at, at heel. Yeah. And they all look up and their dogs are running all over the place and our dogs are at our side and they're like, yeah, those are those are the NAVDA guys. Those are the NAVDA guys. That's right. That's right. Well, Maisie uh, has potential to be a shed dog, too. She found a nice shed today. She did find a nice shed. Um, my my GPS showed her on point, so I thought I better go over and check it out. And when I get over there, it looks like the deer graveyard is over there. <laughs> so I just pull her off of it, and I walk back out to the path and, and tell you, you know, Maisie found the deer graveyard back there. And, and Adam's like, are there antlers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's antlers back there. Well, let's go. Yeah. So, so we went back and got them. Yep. That, that was actually her second find. She found a big one out in Kansas and uh, brought that back for my buddy. He, he built a bar in his backyard. He calls the lime cactus. So I gave that to him and said that you have to hang that up yep. at the lime cactus. That's a perfect fit. So there you go. So you got Maisie going. How are we going to sell your wife on the second Griff? Ah, uh, she loves puppies. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. What I'm thinking, she she absolutely loves puppies. So, you know, if if I could get her a prize one and then go on to utility and prize one, then she would, assuming all her health certificates panned out, yeah, I think she would be a good one to breed, and then. You know, my wife could have puppies around all the time. So, I, don't, I don't know. We'll there see. we go. Yep. Well, we're setting it up for you. Well, I think that's all we got. You got anything else to add you want to talk about? I don't believe so. I just really appreciate you guys. Um, appreciate NAVDA. You guys have been a super help to me um, as a guy who has no idea what I'm doing. And I mean, the first day out there, it was extremely obvious that the dog knows way more than I do. And um, just really appreciate you guys helping me out. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Mark. And thanks for having us tonight. Really appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right, guys, we'll check back later. Thank you for listening to GDIY. If you enjoy this podcast, please remember to take a moment to rate, review, and share with a friend. Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Gundog It Yourself. If you really enjoy this podcast and would like to contribute even more to future content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash gundog it yourself. Thanks again and happy hunting. Everyone seems to have the same questions or concerns when they start trying to decide which kennel to purchase for their vehicle. Perhaps it's time to stop asking all the questions and just design the perfect setup that meets your exact needs. B-Pro Kennel specializes in designing and fabricating custom premier dog boxes handcrafted right here in the USA from high-grade, lightweight aluminum. They'll get you set up with the size dimensions, lighting, storage, battery boxes with solar charging, and anything else you can dream of. Stop stressing over buying the wrong setup, just have to replace it again and again year go ahead and check out bprokennels.com and get exactly what you want if you're considering changing your dog's food soon then be sure to check out yukanuba pro performance their science-backed formulas are designed to take your dog to the next level of performance they also now have the new puppy formula to help your pup start strong and live active when looking at all the different food options remember yukanuba to help power their ultimate performance 
Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Bob from Lone Ducks Gun Dog Chronicles podcast. I hope you just enjoyed the episode you just listened to. And if you did, I think you'll enjoy hopping on ours. We've got professional retriever trainers and upland bird dog trainers from across the country and world sharing their tips and tricks and great stories to help you and your dog get ready for the season. We'll see you there.